0: Support for Tantrum comes from MailChimp, celebrating creativity, chaos, and teamwork since 2001. MailChimp,
1: send better email. The podcast you are about to hear is about raising kids, but it's for adults. There are curse words here and talk of grown-up things. So, make with the headphones. Welcome to Tantrum. My daughter has a
0: tendency to say The same thing over and over because she's four, and so I'll say, Okay, you can stop saying that now. Um, and then earlier today, she was playing with one of her dolls and she was saying, goo
2: Goo Gaga, Goo Goo Gaga, over and over, and then she said to the doll, Okay, you can stop saying that now.
0: <laughs> Tantrum is a podcast for grown ups about raising kids. I'm Kate. And I'm Allison. And today, we'll hear from Tricia Stearns, who read at our November show at Kavarna.
2: Invariably, I would be behind her in the carpool line, in her clean, perfect, sparkling minivan. And I can still see the perfectly coiffed children pop out on time, while I, on the other hand, was gathering breakfast napkins and half-eaten bagels and yelling at kids, and the oldest is doing the youngest hair, and there she is. Oh, hey, how are you? Dealing with mean girls. Sometimes it doesn't
0: stop when you're a kid. That's what Trisha Stearns talked about in her story coming up later in this episode. So, Allison, how's it going? So you're wearing this locket. I'm I'm going to come, I'm going to touch it now. This is really pretty. It's like all different colors, triangles, very shiny. Thank
1: you. I'm glad you asked about this because I actually wore it thinking maybe Kate will <laughs> remind me of this story. Oh. Because I, I found this locket. This is was a gift from one of my very best friends for my birthday a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I found this locket this morning in Alice's bedroom. Behind her, she has this rock collection display. Seven-year-old Alice. Yes, my seven-year-old stepdaughter. And it was behind some rocks crammed in there, just totally knotted up. It's got a very, very thin metal chain. Yeah, it's very fine. And... I mean, it was a mess. It took me at least half an hour to try and untangle this. And I thought that I'd probably break it before I got it untangled. Anyway, I've been thinking about, like, how to approach it with Alice. And she, in the past, has taken jewelry of mine. And I have told her she may not take my jewelry without asking. And we've, I mean, we've had conversations about this. So the fact that she took this from my stuff and then... Maybe she was going to sneak it back, but she got it all tangled up, so she stashed it, you know, and Mm. she hid it thinking she might tell me or thinking I might forget about its existence, which did happen for a while. But where my mind kept going, okay, so this is like one of those step-parenting moments of conundrum because if she was here, I would just address her about it immediately, I would say, Alice, look what I found. Even if she's just coming home from school in a few hours, I would probably remember, and I would say, oh. But the fact that it's going to be, like, a few days from now, oh, and I have to remember right, that I'm upset about this when it's not. I mean, everything's fine, right? I got it untangled. I'm wearing it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't want to let it slide because I don't think it should slide. Right. And yet I know I'm going to have to kind of, like, have this like fake now you have to like conjure reckoning. your being
0: upset about it again,
1: yeah so that's why I put it on I thought if I put it on then I wouldn't forget to talk to her about it when I saw her
0: <laughs> right and there's also it also makes me think about like okay so my we have i I have one child and he's still very very young but and so we're at the point where our stuff like our personal stuff my jewelry you know old letters things like that like i, I it's mine. I'm not worried about him getting into it or having anything to do with it. But in a few years, we're going to have to start thinking about that stuff.
1: Hmm. I mean, it's definitely worth establishing boundaries early, which I didn't do with Alice well at all. I think, you know, we weren't married yet and I just wanted Alice to be my friend. And so I would let her wear my stuff or she loved to dig through my jewelry box or look at these old vintage perfume bottles I have and things like that but now (laughs) yeah now you've got to be a parent to her you cannot be her friend right and it's just about respecting other people's belongings and she's lost jewelry of mine in the past and we've had a big talk about that Mm -hmm. there's this whole
0: thing that, that that whole aspect of being a parent that you don't think of in the early days like right right now I just get to love Bird so hard like Mm -hmm. I just get to kiss him and like grab him and he's laughing you know and he's giggling and I get to say no I get to draw boundaries but on really basic things it's like yeah don't run up to the stereo receiver and touch all the buttons a million times and don't open and and close the dvd drawer you know and don't spill out the the magazines from the shelves and everywhere although he still does those things anyway he
1: does them anyway but I mean the only things you have to get hard about are the things that are really about his safety right things that are
0: about his safety or just result in a huge pain in the neck Mm -hmm. like because dude our stereo receiver is so confusing and he has seriously (laughs) like effed that shit up a few times where we've sat there like trying to watch Netflix later and it's just like there's no sound and it's blinking and it says like b levels and like we don't know why
1: (laughs) I mean Merit's a little bit older than your son but I feel like we I am having whole new discipline things with her because we got kittens and she's too rough with them so we Mm. have to have these really firm rules about the kittens and um she's really scared me a couple of times and she was she knows she's not supposed to put her hands around their neck and she was doing it and whether or not it was like a true choke or not I but I reacted big I mean I just got so mad and you know you know you cannot do that and I sit on her bed and I let her cry and then I was trying to explain to her like if you do that Elizabeth, the cat, is going to have to go away and never come back. If if you can't be n- nice to her, she's going to go away, and she's never going to come back. And we don't want that to happen. And then, like, an hour later, she kept playing this game. Because i it's always this game of, um, I'm going bye-bye, but I'll be back. Okay, I'm back. And she said, I'm going bye-bye, and I'm never coming back. I'm never coming back. <laughs> and I was so heartbroken. Oh, my
0: God.
1: Oh, Merit.
0: Merit, who's two, by the way. We haven't said this, this episode, but right, she's two. Very two. It's just, it's just like, I think that these skills of ours kind of, if you have a child that you're raising from a very young age or like from from birth, right, the idea is it's like this ramp you go up and you earn different levels of skills, right? It's like, you get like different like Girl Scout badges and it's like, okay, I got the badge for... Redirecting, Like now it's like, okay, when he does something like he's climbing up onto like the computer desk. I'm like, don't climb that. If you want to climb, climb the sofa, you know, and I bring him to the sofa and he'll climb the sofa instead. Sometimes if that works, right. But like, so it's like, that's the redirecting badge. And then as you get older, like the badges become more complex. Mm-hmm. But then I like talked with a friend recently who... She was away from her from her daughters for a few years because she was struggling with substance abuse issues and she wasn't raising them for a few years and kind of came back into their lives in a real way when they were adolescents, like tweens, basically. And now they're teenagers. And she struggles with really super complex, like varsity level sort of parenting questions, that kind of thing. Wow.
1: Yeah.
2: You
0: know, um, And she is at this point where, like, her deep drive is to get them to be close to her because, you know, she missed them so much during that time and she missed so much time with them and um, trying to uh, sort of navigate that because they need – she knows they need her to be a parent to them. They don't need another friend. They have plenty of friends But she just, she's so, something in her is afraid she's going to kind of lose them again. And I think something in them is kind of afraid they're going to lose her again. And so Mm -hmm. it becomes really complicated.
1: You know, it makes me think of our featured reader and how she talks about that closeness that she has with her daughters. And I was just so envious. And I have a closeness with my mother now, but I was not the type to like sit on the bed and cry and tell my mom what was going on in my life at all. I don't know it makes me hopeful that maybe I might not do it as well as Trisha does, but maybe I can do it a little more than my mother and I did. And I totally with hear me.
0: You. <laughs> I totally hear you, or like maybe we can just invite Trisha over to go sit on a bed and eat some brownie
2: pie <laughs> together,
0: yeah, <laughs> because she's yeah, to like have that kind of mom that you can just. My mom's great. My mom was great for so many things, but like to have that kind of mom where it's like, we're going to sit and we're going to gab and have girl time. I'm like, wow. Yeah.
1: And you know what? I think that my mother probably felt like she was being respectful of me and my privacy. I don't, yes. I think she probably would have liked to know all of those thoughts and feelings. I mean, of course, teenagers are like these mysteries a lot. It makes me think, though, about
0: how being how there's this idea of being a good mom or being a good parent that is that exists in the world today that didn't back when my mother was mm-hmm. being a mom and in a way how that has kind of messed with us because in many ways I think it's just you're just being yourself with your child and there are certain boundaries you draw and there are certain conversations you need to have and you know things that you need to teach them. But there's almost like this idea now that it's like, being a parent is is some skill set that's completely outside of yourself you Hmm. know and who you are and when i find that i'm really like kind of kicking ass i've forgotten about this idea of like i'm being a mom and i'm just kind of related you're being
1: kate who has a child
0: yeah yeah and Mm -hmm. I'm, i'm being kate who has a child like like carrying him kicking and screaming out of the zoo like we did this morning
1: it was that fun huh
0: it actually was (laughs) it it was it was fantastic uh birds first time at the zoo uh this morning but um just a little meltdown at the end you know
1: well just to loop back to what you were saying about the expectations of perhaps our generation and parenting I remember talking to you maybe before we even had kids about parenting and how our moms didn't just like sit around playing with us kind of ever and you know we we just we had to go figure out what to do and now you see a lot of these moms and they they're so involved they're such uh like playmate as well in you know doing the science experiments or setting up an art project or whatever it is and it's like you almost feel guilty if you're like i don't want you guys to talk to me go in your room and play that's why you have a friend over you know yeah but do
0: you wonder if you're just going to end up sort of inhabiting that role because that's the way we do it now? Like, I, I wonder if I'm already mm-hmm. more actively a playmate with Bird than my mother was with me. Like, maybe not. I don't know, because I don't have memories that go back to when I was
1: under two. Well, I don't know that you can really evaluate yet because right. you only have one child as of now and maybe forever. I don't know. But um, you have... One child, and he is not old enough to play independently with other children. Right. So if he gets a neighborhood buddy and they can go play in the backyard, it's going to be... I mean, you just don't have the freedom or the liberty to be like, let me not play with you. No,
0: because if there's silence, then I know that I better go check on him because he probably has somebody's phone.
1: Or like dirt or toothpaste or like something... Really messy and exciting is happening
0: he ate bird poop this morning at oh, the zoo
1: man. oh God, it was so gross oh God <laughs> i like, no, 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 no. 'd be like, now you have to do a shot of vodka or something to like yeah. kill all the germs in your belly oh, not God. really i wouldn 't really do that, you guys <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was so disgusting though. Yeah, we, there was some um, hand washing and then additional hand washing before lunchtime. But I was just like, oh, so now and John was like, yep, yeah, and he's eating it. He's, he's eating it now. <laughs> How much of our show is about our kids eating really disgusting things?
1: Probably a good bit. But that's a perfect reason to listen to Trisha's story about eating something delicious with your children as opposed to something disgusting
0: right and maybe you have a good story to share with us oh listener about something like this that happened to you um we call them around here parental moments of glory and you can call and leave a message with yours at 678-379-3748 so simply stated your moments of parenting hilarity brilliance failure or discovery that's what we're looking for
1: and I think if you want to leave a message also with any kind of confession or um, just thoughts that you're having about being a parent in this day and age, that is welcome, too. I think it's on a lot of our minds right now.
0: Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we definitely like to hear what's going on with you
1: guys. We also collect parental moments of glory at our live shows. So this one is from Anne. Anne.
0: Okay, this is great. So Anne basically came to our November show. She wrote in a parental moment of glory. We didn't get to it. And then I read it later and said, oh, no, we have to we have to tell Anne's story here. She writes, my kid pooped in his bathing suit because, as he told me later, you never told me where the bathroom was. The bathing suit was, of course, repulsive. So he played naked with his friend in the backyard for five to six hours fun until that night when it was clear he had gotten pinworms oh, man. Anne goes on i had to call the dozen other moms who'd been at the play date and tell them to go out and find the over-the-counter pinworm medicine because they'd have to treat their entire families she writes awful and embarrassing and she closes by the way do not google pinworms and you have my word Anne. i will not
1: and you know it, it tastes like bananas, and you just have to take it once. Not that you know, I'm familiar with this medication. <laughs> so you've been but, there. You know, were you at this play date? Do you know Anne? I wasn't, but that's that's how prevalent pinworms are. <sighs> oh god, that's just like a that's like a
0: triple whammy. But it sounds like she handled it with like flying colors. So rock on, Anne. You survived that day.
1: Yeah, and actually you're awesome because I think a lot of people would be like, I'm not telling anyone. I'll just let them discover the pinworms on their own. You know, I think that right—that you did the right thing. You did thing. the right thing. Awesome. You are kicking ass. We have another parenting moment of glory from our live show in November. And let me set this up a little bit. So we took the stage and on the screen there was this very special little crafted picture That was a daycare project. And there was a picture of a baby's footprint. And it was turned into a Halloween witch riding on a broom. So, like, the little toes are down as the skirt fringe. um, And the little foot is the body. Maybe you can see that.
0: Right. And, like, a witch's head drawn onto that. And underneath that picture, the words printed in neat marker by the teacher, "'Witch better have my candy.'" And with that, we'll go to November show. So. <laughs> True story. Sometimes you walk into your kid's daycare. Maybe you could describe it, Allison.
1: Um, well, this, this is Bird's tiny, tiny foot. This is his little baby foot. <laughs> plopped into some black paint and made into a wish, which yeah. is, you know, adorable. <laughs> daycare
0: win this
1: is from a rihanna song right yeah and um it's, it's this bitch better the, have my money right, right? That's, the lyric is "bitch better have my money
0: uh this is last year and um my, my child bird was not yet six months old and i come in and i'm like oh and and i remember talking with you about this allison because at first i was i was like i don't know if this is appropriate because i'm like a like liberal white feminist woman and i'm like i don't know how i feel about what this this song this is referring to i don't i don't like the word bitch it it bothers me and then like there was like this moment i was like wait a minute this is awesome (laughs) so that's where i've landed with that and we still haven't gotten this laminated um but it's happening
1: You can see the actual picture of Kate's child's uh, craft project on our website, which is tantrumatl.com.
0: I like the idea that it was his craft project, like this six-month-old baby. Like he was just like, I like Rihanna.
1: It was his foot. It was his foot. Right, right,
0: right. Um, And and remember, you can get in on all of this in other ways, too. Share your parental moment of glory by leaving a message at 678-379-3748. Come to our next show. Uh, Susan Rebecca White will be there reading. She is a great live reader. And she has written novels like A Place at the Table and A Soft Place to Land. Also, Megan Sexton and Kate Tuttle will be there reading as well. So it's not a show to miss.
1: So mark your calendars for Saturday, February 4th. Let's move on to our featured reader. Trisha Stearns. Yeah.
0: Trisha is a proud empty nester of three daughters and 2 stepsons. She raised her kids in such a way it is unlikely that they would come home and live in the basement. She is a veteran realtor and a food activist, but her passion is telling true stories. She's made the stage for a story slam on the moth in Washington, D.C. She took part in the 2016 Fringe Festival, the podcast Listen to Your Mother, 2016, Edge of the Night, and she is a frequent story at Carapace. Please
2: welcome Trisha Stearns. Thank you so very much. It's a pleasure to be here, Kate. Listening to your young parents' stories, oh I have baby fever. My my favorite age is when they, they sit on your hip and they got that little fat thigh and they can start kind of talking. But I'm going to tell you a story tonight about what you young parents have to look forward to. So the other day, I'm walking out of the red brick office building that used to be a school in the in the early 60s, and it's right off of Freedom Parkway, and the leaves are falling like, so- like a soft snow shower, and even though it's 80 degrees in October, I pretend it's a crisp fall day, and I imagine it's so chilly that I got a stop off at my favorite tea shop and she knows me and she knows that i bring my own tea bags and she hands me a cup of water anyway and i am thoroughly enjoying my imaginary in-town life when i see a woman from my past we all have them right our girls went to school together and she is unavoidably directly in my path and and i'm in her path I'm an hour away from home, and I realize the universe has got a wicked sense of humor. So I want you to pour a half cup of flour with me and one cup of sugar in a metal mixing bowl. I look down at my phone to avoid a conversation. Maybe she won't recognize me. After all, we knew each other when cell phones were car phones, and they were attached inside your car and not on your hip. She's one of those acquaintances one has because of circumstances. Our girls were often in the same class. And through the years, invariably, I would be behind her in the carpool line and her clean, perfect, sparkling minivan. And I can still see the perfectly coiffed children pop out on time, while I, on the other hand, was gathering breakfast napkins and half-eaten bagels and yelling at kids, and the oldest is doing the youngest hair in the back seat. and there she is. Oh, hey, how are you? Oh, hey, Nancy, gosh, so good to see you. Have you been? Gosh, gotta run. And I jump in my car like I am late for the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. And in my rearview mirror, I watch her. She is traded in the minivan for a sleek, shiny black sedan. And just seeing her reminds me of the year 1999. And I'm in the middle school gym. And I smell the popcorn that the beta club is selling at the basketball game. I hear the, kid, the coaches whistle and multiple basketballs bouncing as a team of awkward boys, you know that awkward age, all arms and legs. They're all warming up. And I can feel the weight. It's a foot-long VHS camera on my shoulder, complete with a new VHS tape. And I check it again for battery power, ready to film. I am ready to film, people, because my middle child is going to be one of the first sixth graders ever to sing the national anthem. And Julia, my youngest, with her pack of third graders, is running around and needs a dollar for popcorn. And my oldest, an eighth-grade cheerleader, is waving her green and silver pom-poms from the sidelines. And I focus my camera, and I'm in the bleachers, and I'm scanning. And I had this surreal moment. I had this moment like I am filming myself as if I was in the bleachers. And I just thought, you know, you never know how life is going to turn out. So you take a stick of butter and two eggs, and you set them out for room temperature. And you pour a sink drink, and you wait. Y'all know what that is. It's the little sink drink that you pour while you're cooking. Go ahead and pour it, because I've got to tell you something. I'm continuing to practice using my camera, and I'm scanning the gym from side to side. And I glance at all the families. And I remember thinking, I am killing it as a single mother. It's not what I planned for. But for once, I'm on time. No one had a meltdown on the way of the basketball game. And the camera is ready and charged. Have you ever gotten there when it's not charged? Oh, I have. Oh, and I have exact change for popcorn. Thank you very much. And then I remember this Nancy, the one from the parking lot. Her shoes matched her purse. And her superiority was as fresh as that bright red lipstick. Oh, hey, she patted her hand on my hand and said, I know you must be so proud. At least one of your girls doesn't live with the fact and the gossip that she is one of the wild saran wrap girls. My mom breaks stopped short. Mentally, I'm like, what did she say? I had no idea what she was talking about. Nancy saw the green glaze of fear just kind of wash over me, and she patted my arm again. Oh, Shirley, you know, the whole school knows, along with every bunko group in town, that after the first basketball game six months ago, at a cheerleader slumber party, the eighth grade girls forced the younger girls to practice French kissing each other. And after all, they were badass 7th grade cheerleaders now. And if you wore a uniform, you had to know how to French kiss. Well, they made it their business to teach the 7th grade girls. And my shy, reticent daughter, who wanted to get along and be cool, she suggested this little addition to the game. Why don't we place saran wrap in between our mouths? Because after all, it is flu season and all. (laughs) I thought so. And I stared at this woman. Her mouth was wagging, and my mind was flipping. My memory Rolodex, searching for a clue. Flashes of birthday party presents wrapped in saran wrap were flying through my brain. And I remember doing the laundry and pulling wads of saran wrap and torn up notes in the pockets of my daughter's jeans. And then it hit me. Those were mean notes from mean girls. Was I too busy? Did my daughter try and tell me and I cut her off, ordering her to fold the clothes, stat? What happened? And why didn't I know? And I felt sick. I felt sick for my daughter, for her embarrassment, and the pain that she must have she's been enduring for six months and all alone. And my stomach floated to my throat. And I gulped back, swallows of shame. My child needed me, and I had no idea. And my chin raised, and my eyes met Nancy's. And I said, you know, Nancy, I appreciate your words. I'm super proud of all my girls. (sighs) Oh my, you didn't know. Of course I know. I know what happened. We just ignore meanness. Excuse me. I think I need to get a little closer. I wanted to swing that camera across her damn face. But instead, you go home, and you combine the sugar, and the flour, and the cocoa, and the butter, and the eggs, and one teaspoon of vanilla. Don't ever forget the vanilla. Beat at medium speed. It's super easy, for a reason, because you're mad. So then you spread the batter evenly in a buttered nine-inch pie plate, and you bake slow at 325 for 35 to 40 minutes. Parenting, it's tough. But late at night, I can assure you from experience, baking a brownie pie helps most situations. And I thought of Nancy that line. And you take it out of the oven. And I like to check it for doneness by sticking a knife right in the center. And you kind of wait till it comes out clean, and then you know it's ready. And then you set it aside. Always set it aside. Let it cool for at least 10 minutes. There is something magical about an honest, and I mean honest conversation, and the chewiness of a warm brownie. And with four women in the house, I should have bought stock in Hershey's chocolate. (laughs) And I baked a pie after that basketball game, and I walked it up to my daughter's room after the others went to bed, and we sat on her denim bedspread, each holding a fork, the pie between us. And she talked, and we both cried. She was worried I would be mad at her, or too mad at the situation I'd go knocking on parents' door. She was afraid that anything I did would make her school life even more miserable. And we talked some more. I finished the pie that night. (laughs) And I wish I could say the middle school was a breeze for my girls, But we decided that night, when someone shows you who they are, you need to believe them. And though you will not forget, you need to forgive. And probably join the debate team. I wish I could say I handled all the parenting dilemmas well. I do know that my oldest influenced and helped the other girls navigate through middle school. And my girls taught me, more than anything, not to just talk to them, but to talk with them. And I wish we had some more snow days. And we stayed up all night and we watched movie after movie. And I wish we had more camping trips. And we lived in a constant state of motion. We lived in a world where each child sought to be proficient at something by high school, only to work harder to get into a good college. And I read somewhere that busy kids stay out of trouble. So I did my job. They stayed out of trouble. But guess what? Trouble is a variable vein in anyone's life. Trouble finds us all at some point. And we try and shield ourselves from the pain because it scares us. And we want to protect our children and ourselves. And when I'm searching for answers, and when I need to ponder, and I need to just shut up and be still and listen, I know one thing. It's time to stop and make a brownie pie. That's it for Tantrum.
1: See you at our next show, February 4th.
0: Yes, and we'll see you in about two weeks with our next episode. Share this podcast with all your friends, and it would also be really great if you'd give us some nice reviews and ratings on iTunes that will help more people to find the show.
1: Because raising kids is fun, but hard. Raising kids is life-changing, yet brain-rotting.
0: This isn't easy, and despite it all, you are kicking ass.
1: Until next time, I'm Allison Harney.
0: And I'm Kate Sweeney. Thanks to Jeffrey Butzer for letting us use his song, Catherine, for our music. And thanks to Mike Johns for recording the live show at Kavarna.
1: See ya.